in case you missed it on Newsbreak. Good morning, Matthew, and good morning to your listeners. So, this technique sounds very elaborate, but what does it actually involve? Tell us about it. Yeah, so Matthew, it's anything but elaborate. When we set out developing the technique, we try to simplify it as much as we possibly could, right? So we've used the principle of this sort of age-old concept of using the eye as a window to the brain itself. And to access this window, we use the simplest of imaging techniques. We use ultrasound, which for neurosurgeons isn't really the first sort of go-to imaging technique. But we effectively modified the um, existing technique by uh, collecting dynamic pulsation-related movements of the optic nerve sheath. And we've demonstrated together with some Norwegian uh, engineers that this technique is, is, is really quite reliable in diagnosing those pressure. So as you say, pulse-related ultrasound, um, and I do believe it's non-invasive, no pain, zero infections as well. Is that correct? So it's completely non-invasive. That was the one thing that we tried to make it. Uh, the, the, the difficulty with covering techniques for measuring raised pressure is one effectively got to drill a hole in the skull and take the catheter into the brain to effectively directly, directly measure this pressure. So you know, our technique looks at doing this at a very primary health care level. So the technique is reproducible by, by primary health care workers. You know, effectively, you place a small ultrasound probe over the eye, collect these images, analyze them using our algorithm, and it gives you a good indication of what the pressure in the brain is. You know, much, much like a thermometer diagnoses raised pressure, this technique aims to diagnose raised pressure in the brain. Well, I'm sure uh, with all that has been said, this uh, is very appealing to parents, especially when it comes to uh, child care. But uh, can you tell us how common is this condition in South Africa? So it's a lot more common than we'd like. The difficulty with, with our environment is we don't have exact numbers, so we often go off you know, what's published in, in some more developed countries. And, you know, 100,000 cases annually published in most Western countries. Africa has a much larger burden of this particular disease. And specialist centers tend to treat this a lot more commonly, you know, so they sort of gravitate towards uh, centers treating the condition. So we see a lot more of it, but you know, it's a lot more common than we'd like. And just a final question, doctor, very quickly, if you can, explain the concept behind Cafe Scientifique and how it actually came about to us. Yeah, so, so UCT has a number of ways. They've driven a lot of initiatives to, to uh, front stage, if you like, their key inventions and key contributions, which is a very, I suppose, a very, a very UCT thing. Uh, the Cafe Scientific is a slightly different approach to your normal PowerPoint presentation. So you get a lot of leading thinkers within the institution and from outside who come together over a glass of wine or a cup of coffee or fairly informally and add a social element to science. So, you know, the, the innovation or, is discussed in this context uh, amongst, you know, very high-end individuals, and um, the social element is highlighted more than anything else, so that lay people can understand often quite complex uh, contributions. Uh, so, so the word gets out to, to uh, the public. Well, Doctor, it seems like you have come up with something quite significant here, and uh, do keep up the good work. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Thanks. Thank you very much, Matthew. Keep up. News break. Lotus FM, powered by SABC News.